another interview in March. And of course, we bring the heavy hitters because that's what we do on She Will Rock You. That's right. We bring kick-ass artists, usually women, because that's how we like it. And this is no exception. We got Kristen Ford and a surprise guest. You will be shocked. I promise. But before we get into that, yeah, Kristen Ford, awesome musician, um, really like a fun, like I love how you'll hear more in the interview. I love how she has really unique um, like takes on music and her song structures live versus um, recording. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Other than that, I'm Bethann. And I'm Leah. And this is She Will Rock You. Where are they getting a dub in a CBS executive meeting? No. Bitch, don't touch my thermostat. <laughs> the ghost be like, pull up before I haunt you. Let me turn down the thermostat. <laughs> this is bad. We're on page one, guys. This is She Will Rock You. All right. So we are here with Kristen Ford. How are you doing, Kristen? So blessed. Too blessed to stress. There you go. And we're also here with the one and only Snoop Dogg. Yes. But, but he's pretty quiet. Oh, we, I mean, so if you go to Kristen's Instagram, which I highly recommend doing just in general, follow her. But there's a video from a few days ago where Snoop Dogg, you're using a, a, a guitar case as a baby gate. Which is genius. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of that. It didn't work. <laughs> I can't imagine that it did. <laughs> no, it was an attempt, but hey, you know, yeah. ingenuity, creativity. You got to go with yeah. what you got. Yep. But let's get down to business. So, how did you get started in music? Because I also understand you're a multi instrumentalist. Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a class A overachiever. So why get really good at one instrument? Why not be like marginally good at all of the instruments, right? <laughs> <laughs> But I, I do believe that um, music is just like a language. So once you get it on one, it's easier to jump to the next, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. But I, I started playing guitar when I was like 14. And I pretty much immediately fell in love with writing songs and learning other people's songs and just carrying. I went to an, a performing arts high school, so I would just carry around my nice. acoustic guitar, like a hippie between classes playing on the lawn and we were like an alternative learning thing. So like I could do the, remember um, like spark notes, book mm -hmm. reports. Yeah. Yeah. So like I wouldn't read the assigned book, but I would do the spark notes right before class. And then I would learn to make, make up songs on the spot. So I'd be like, instead of a book report, I just was like, Oh yeah. And then it was bad for old yeller <laughs> at the end of the book or, or whatever, you know, I just make up uh, a song. So I'm not saying that's how you need to get by sometimes, but sometimes it's how you got to get by. <laughs> you, you learn valuable improv skills. Exactly. That's what I'm hearing. It works great on high school teachers. It works great on drunks at bars. Um, <laughs> it's a versatile it, trait. Yeah, it didn't serve me so well in art school, but I, I dropped out of the same school as Kanye. So, uh, you know. And we'll he does see. have an it album called cool. The Dropout. So, you know. You're on, to, right. you're on to great things. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Kanye's like uh, a mixed bag to bring up now, but I've already yeah. done it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. We're talking about the early Kanye. 
Yeah. The the early on Kanye. Yes. Yes. Uh, So what would you say is like the most important element or part to your songwriting or performing? I love that question. Oh, thank you. Um, Journalism award for you. Oh, (laughs) I'll get a little journalism pin for my Bucky's hat. All right, Bethann, let's do it. Um, I I think that authenticity is my... um, for better or worse, like I write from a really personal place and I try to perform and, and really have my whole heart invested in it. And uh, the studio is like a very stressful but very exciting time. So like really every every aspect of it is just like, it's a lot of personality and a lot of um, love and care goes into it. I'm not... Um, just like cranking out songs about trucks and beers or um, (laughs) selling beats left and right. It's like, I'm into writing hip hop styles or I'm into into writing country or I'm into doing indie or folk or whatever, but I want it to be a song that like the world is better because it exists, not just like something else that I think people will like, you know? Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Well, you definitely like, play with a lot of different genres in your music which we'll talk about more with your your newest album but go into your performing real quick because I know you mentioned you know you do a mixture of everything one of the from what I read from your bio one of the most unique things you do is you do a lot of looping live so like adding beatbox and harmonies and instruments Mm -hmm. so basically you like to throw down on stage which (laughs) is excellent would you say there's like been a favorite show so far or like a cool experience? Cause that's very unique to do. Not a lot of people um, I've seen it done for, but not a lot of artists do that, which I think is a crime because it is amazing to always see. You know, I don't know if I could choose a favorite show. Um, I've been playing music out for so many years now. Like it's so crazy. I'm like in my thirties, like don't tell anyone, but <laughs> You know, like I, okay. I've been playing out since I was 18 and just to keep it fresh, I try to not like dwell too much, but there's just been so many like fun and crazy scenarios, even just like maybe it's a four hour set and I feel like I'm completely out of material three hours in and I just go into some crazy improv and I just feel really connected to the music's like flowing through me or there have been times when I was in Dublin or I'm not sure I was somewhere in Ireland and they love the song country roads over there in Ireland (laughs) I don't know why but uh and then there was like they call it a a stag and hen party rather than like a bachelor Mm -hmm. or bachelorette party there Mm -hmm. so there was a hen party and they just were bossing me around and like orchestrating how the songs were gonna go and there was just all of a sudden there's like 30 drunk kind of like hot Irish girls like on stage with me and I'm just like what is this you know there's um and I obviously like playing big shows is fun uh I sang the national anthem before a Red Sox game and that was like 34,000 people plus you know tv and radio so that was like ah that was my biggest show to date but you know it's all there's there's little highlights and big ones, and I just try to enjoy the journey. I love that. That's so much fun. Um, so let's get into your album, War, your new, your newest one, uh, War yes. in the Living Room. First off, the song title slash the song Broke Stoned in 23. 
chef's kiss. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, I love the title, but I also love that song. But musically speaking, as I was kind of talking about before, I love how you craft your song structure. Um, also, especially in your song, War in the Living Room, because there's these like ebbs and flows and where you kind of, you know, build dynamics. And, you know, since this is like your fifth album, I'm curious, like, did it take time to build that style? Or was it one of the situations where you kind of knew what your kind of not signature style, but you kind of knew what your music was going to be and you kind of found new ways to implement it? Yeah, well, thanks for, you know, digging into it and like really listening and um I, I have to give a lot of credit to my producers. I worked with two different producers on this record. Um, Broke Stone in 23 was uh, Brett Bullion produced it. He's worked with Lizzo and Now Now and Bad Bad Hats and oh, nice. like Bonnie Vare and, you know, everybody throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he just like, I think that was the first song we recorded and I just played it through with the band and he was like, okay, we can do like straightforward like Elvis Costello thing or we can like try to like, push it somewhere it hasn't gone and I think we started with like trying to get the the synth bass line like popping like an old like Madonna song or like you know I love like 80s pop music like Cyndi Lauper or something like be like okay well if we can get the bass to feel like this then we'll then we'll build the rest of the song and yeah try to have like when that synth like buzzsaw thing Mm -hmm. at the bridge or the end or whatever it is I just wanted it to be like more disgusting like more evil like <laughs> yes harder whatever it is and and with uh war in the living room that was june millington who she's uh she taught me to play guitar when i was like 15 and was in um the band fanny that they're like legendary uh band from the 70s and she encouraged those it was actually a loop so the looping can work into the songwriting process that uh the main part of that song was just like a loop I had saved in my bank where I was like this is pretty cool and a couple of the lead lines were like on a different channel of the loop but then working in like some reggae elements and bringing it in and out and um you know this is like a divorce concept album so like war in the living room I mean I think it's unfortunately like pretty relatable as everyone's gone through the pandemic has been like make or break for a lot of yeah uh you know like really personal stuff so trying to just like go through this this painful thing for me but then try to um yeah just create something authentic and not shy away from like oh this is this is hard but to like sort of dig in because maybe there's somebody who needs to hear that when they're like Mm -hmm. pulled over in the car like crying and they're like yes turn it up louder yeah (laughs) but then i also want people to be able to get down and dance and like make out to this record so whatever (laughs) hopefully there's there's like variations it's a Absolutely. multi-purpose record. Yeah, there you go. You yeah. got a little bit of something <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. Well, definitely. And, you know, you kind of were going back to the studio. I think it's an interesting point where you're saying when you were recording and you were hearing certain sounds, just looking for opportunities to twinge the sound and things like that. And I think what's interesting, I wonder if you have an example of when collaborating with a producer where you kind of went in with like, this is going to be how the song is going to sound. And it came out completely different. Oh yeah, all the time. Like just to use, um, just to use the example of War in the Living Room as a record. So the song I'll Make Music is the closing track. And 
we were set up like drums, bass, two guitars, kind of, and vocal, like kind of all isolated, but we could still see each other, which was really great uh, at the studio in Massachusetts. And we were still kind of rehearsing the song, like everyone mm -hmm. sort of knew the basic vibe, but usually you put your headphones on and you like play through part of it and you adjust the mix. And I didn't even know we were recording and we jammed the song for like nine minutes. And then June was like, okay, we're done. And I was like, what? I didn't, I don't even know if I could hear myself, but that was the first take and there was some magic to it. And wow. we edited it down to like seven minutes. And I remember looking over her and I was like a seven minute song. And she's like, yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> wow. But you know, there was a certain vibe that we were all just like good musicians jamming on a vibe. I like ad libbed a verse. And if we had tried to do a hundred takes, we wouldn't have gotten back to that magic. So thank God the engineer, Dave Chavant, um, was hit record for that uh, yeah. quote practice, you know, sound check or whatever. I love that. That's, that's a really awesome example though, of like the power of music because you never know, like when you get, there's something about being in sync with other like instrumentalists in the room. There's just, it, it's a very strange, like brain. I'm sure there's like brain science for it, but it's just, it's, you tend to get these powerful moments and everything just gels together. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's addictive. No, sure. def definitely. <laughs> well, you've also been, you know, also releasing an album last year, pretty big. But then on top of it, you just go ahead and drop two singles uh, in 2022. We're barely in month three. So I would love to know your coffee regimen and <laughs> <laughs> what, what keeps you going. But besides that, so you have two singles, emphasis on the two. Um, tell me about this project. Um. Well, I released two singles from the soundtrack Valentine Crush. I don't know if those are the ones you're referring to. Or um, I actually, on 2-22-2022, I released two two-song EPs. So That's the one I'm there's... talking about, yeah. Okay, cool, I'm cool. Sorry. So, yeah. yeah, well, I just have this problem where I just keep writing songs and then um, people are starting <laughs> to, to learn about me and I'm also, like, pretty well, I'm in my studio now, like, I'm pretty well set up to record on my own, so, like, I have like a lot of songs that I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to release them in a way that's not like completely stupid, you know, like just to be, try to be like somewhat strategic to try to get enough ears on them. But yeah, um, yeah so the song Love's a Real Thing and True Blood, I recorded at Welcome to 1979, like with the full band, just kind of like live in studio, which is cool. That's, you know, I think that really like, I can get really crazy with production ideas and with all of my pedals and with, uh, you know, just like adding crazy effects and spending, when I'm mixing a song, spending like two hours on the reverb. And then mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know, I think it sounds bad, I'll take that off, you know? It's like, <laughs> but then going in situations sure. where you're like, okay, this is the song, let's rehearse as a band, let's make some choices about what it's gonna sound like. And then you just go in and do it live. I think we got to play it maybe two times and you just choose the best take and that's it. It's like, that's, that's cool. musicianship. That's what it used mm -hmm. to be all the time, you know? Right. And then the other record um, two or Roman numeral two, I don't know which one is which, uh, features um, Playing It Safe and um, what's the other song on there? Uh, see, I'm like, 
Oh, you fuck. I would like open up my Spotify. This is bad. <laughs> and I'm like, forget. Uh, Anyway, those were more like studio crafted where the songs, I really took time to write them and then, you know, um, making choices about how it's going to go. So That's cool. Well, I, I like the two different songwriting styles, though, mm-hmm. of just like, I'm going to spend time and I'm going to listen to every little piece of this. And then it's just like, we're going to do a take. We're going to see what happens. Yeah. Oh, Pucker Face was the other one um, on the on the. The album two, which it looks like LL. Nice. But, yeah. Well, that's cool. And I think like there's something especially with just like releasing singles, because that's a big, you know, Spotify game, so to speak, of just releasing singles. I love when people like release a mi- mixture of like singles, a mixture of albums. It's it's a good well rounded approach. You don't think the album's dead? I don't think no. so. I hope to God it's not. <laughs> Because we were just talking to um, another artist before you. There is something beautiful about an album and ordering the songs as the way they're supposed to be heard and Mm -hmm. mixing consistently throughout. You know, I think it's such a craft, especially when you get it on a vinyl record, personally. But like, you know what I mean? Well, I just think it's interesting, like, so if we're getting paid for streaming now, 30 second increments, like maybe my next quote unquote album will just be like whatever 40 minutes is broken up into 30. Oh, it'll be like 80 songs. Ooh. You know, each song, each but song I'm is 30 seconds. And then, I mean, I don't even know if you're allowed to do that, but like, I kind of want to try it out. But also as a, as a writer, I think that would be very confusing. <laughs> I'd be like, can I, I say it in 30 seconds? Like, is it done? Well, is it fully explored? I don't know. That's the punk movement. Early punk songs were like a minute and mm-hmm. they're done. But if you do that, I just need one track for like 30 seconds where you do like a Yoko Ono type screaming where it's just like, <gasps> ah, and that's it. That's the song. <laughs> yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I think this needs to be coming out. Coming I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yes, twenty twenty three. Get in on the map. There you go. <laughs> yeah, or just like world record for like most like different screams on one album. Yes, win that. Ah! Yes, metal hammer. Mm. Here we ah! come. Get some helium. Ah! You know, like <laughs> that'd be funny. We can do it. Dude. No one's gonna listen to it, but we'll have the record. Distortion babe. guitar and some screaming can get you a long way. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, tasteful lyrics and crafting acoustic eh. songs has only got me so far. So Ish let's give posh. it a shot. Something else. <laughs> Just make it go viral on TikTok and you'll be set. Yeah. Yeah. You'll That's why I have this fine. puppy, though, is to win TikTok. So I don't. That's fair. Well, there you go. He's both adorable and he's a marketing ploy. I, yeah, I, I'm true. here for, for, for double <laughs> goals. <laughs> Well, the last project I got to talk about, we, we talked a little bit about it. We hinted at it. But you wrote a single called Skating in Circles for a movie called Valentine's Crush. And yes. according to IMDb, were you featured in the film as well? Like you were one of the skaters? Yeah, I played um, Knockout Nancy, who was on the opposing skating team as like the the lead of the movie. So oh, that's that so was cool. pretty amazing. Like and and 
we, of course this was during the pandemic that we filmed it and I couldn't find skates. They were sold out everywhere. And yeah. I needed to learn how to roller skate. I used to rollerblade, I guess, like in middle school. I'm not very athletic. That's why I learned to play guitar. So I could like, <laughs> have any hope at getting laid because like athletics is not really my thing. But so I finally found skates on eBay and I only had like a month to learn to be this like badass derby skater girl. But thank God there were some real skaters um, that were on the cast, you know, yeah. and they tried to kind of edit it where I looked real cool. But it was it was a really <laughs> incredible moment. I just in January, I went up to Sioux Falls for the um, the like premiere for the public. Mm -hmm. And it was at this big theater with these like cool leather seats that recline with cup holders. And to not only see my acting and like skating on the big screen, but then to see my song as the credits roll, roll on. I just was like, I was bawling. I was crying. I was like, oh my God, I did something. <laughs> ah! I, love it. I love it. And like, yeah. so were you like, I'm curious, how did it work exactly? Cause you were, an actor in it your songwriter which came first how did the opportunity um, come you come gotta out? know people basically through my years of touring and you never know you know it's not my director friend in LA it's not mm -hmm. the person I know that does wardrobe for SNL that got mm -hmm. me like my movie break it's like this random dude in South Dakota who I had toured through and he knew me and he was visiting Nashville and we were like playing in 64 and I was like I really want to act like I've always wanted to act and he's like, yeah, I could probably find a role for you or something. So that's so uh, cool. he found this this screenplay and decided he wanted to make a movie and asked if I would do a couple songs for the soundtrack. So I guess he was actually considering like not making the film because it's really hard to like make a movie start to finish. Snoop yeah. is snoring, by the way. I don't know if you can hear this. <laughs> oh, oh, I love. Baby. Anyway, I love, I love um, good. A good so, but I made the demo for skating in circles, and I guess it kind of helped him push through to be like, "Oh, I actually have to make this movie." So, oh, that's um, so cool. You know, I auditioned for, I read for a couple parts, and they they cast me. And then also because I had read the screenplay, it gave me great inspiration to um to co-write those two songs. That's so cool. I, I love yeah. that, and it's a good. I really like your song "Skating in Circles" as well. It's like. It's yeah, very I mean, chill, but it has great melody to it, especially mm -hmm. in the chorus. So well Thank done. Thank you. Thank you. I love and it. And the well, video is pretty cool, too. The video is Sweet. really cool. We got yeah, a little secret it's, look. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, it's so wild to have this, like, all these talented cinematographers and actors and set designers and lighting. And, and to have that dovetail with my music is, like, really humbling and pretty amazing so i kind of to make that music video um which maybe we can post a link or something when this yeah goes yeah people want to see it but um like i had to hang around until the very end of the filming day where they would like sneak in filming at that location that's in the movie so then the music video kind of is like a companion piece to the movie because you are like oh that's the house where this went down or like oh there's the skating rink mm -hmm. where the bout was but as an actor, it was like kind of a lot because I just had to be like that asshole that needs more work out of the cinematographer when they've already been working all day on the actual movie to be like, by the way, you're doing a music video for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, but that's the beautiful thing about art is it's like insanity and it's like, what am I doing? And, and sometimes it's crazy. But then when you get those 
those like glimpses of the finished product and then just to hear you be like oh yeah it was cool i dig it it, it, it worked with the sounds like that's what it's all about it makes me yeah. happy. so happy definitely well before i throw it over to leah because we do have some lightning round questions Ooh. where can the people find you kristenford.com and that's k-r-s-t-e-n because i'm a perfect 10 uh <laughs> there you'll find links to uh you know all my socials and some cool merch i've got t-shirts vinyl records cds if you want to punk your like young nieces and nephews or whatever Hell buy yeah. them a cd and see the reaction i love that <laughs> uh, but and also i'm i'm gonna be touring um quite a bit and i try to play you know the southeast fairly often so oh, awesome. i'll be touring nationwide this spring and summer so just let us know when you're in virginia oh yeah what part uh we're like kind of near roanoke right between roanoke and charlottesville Ooh, girl can mm -hmm. i sleep on your couch Let's do oh it. please do you can come hang out with my beagles they would love, love that. it that's great <laughs> all right leah I'm tossing it to you all right um, so I crowdsourced some of these questions on Twitter today, so Fine. they're all over the place. Okay. What kind of bear is best? Mm, I'd say um, like a really outgoing one. I'm thinking like bears and cubs, Pride Week bears. That's where I went with that. Oh, so. I was thinking gummy bears. Like everyone was answering to that. I was thinking oh. actual bears. I, I immediately <laughs> thought of gummy bears. I was like, brown bear, bear bears. black bear, polar bear, panda but, bear. But all I just three want of those. A hairy gay man that's very outgoing. <laughs> that's probably the best type, that, anyway. That might be the best kind of bear. <laughs> uh, describe the perfect s'more. Um, it's. The chocolate has to be like pre-melted somehow or like yes. it's a I also heard recently that Hershey's like enslaves children to make their chocolate. What? What? Yeah. What? Never what? liked it anyway, so So anyway, I guess out. get you some bougie Whole Foods chocolate, nice thin smear, and then toast the marshmallow golden brown and then put it in some graham crackers. You can use non-name brand graham graham crackers, it's fine. And then get real sticky and then maybe make out. I don't know. That's a perfect <laughs> s'more. That is the perfect s'more. Um, so early 2000s fashion is coming back, much to my hatred. What is one thing from that era that needs to stay dead? Oh, there's so many bad things that <laughs> should stay away. It all should stay dead, but it's coming mm -hmm. back. <laughs> I think Jinko jeans alone. are big and like I just don't want to go back there. Any Maybe it's my of, own shame around it. So. Any form of big pants, gaucho pants also do not need to come back. Yeah. We can leave pants alone. I'm too loyal to the skinny pants. Like the emo days yeah. is like it's cemented in me. I can't get it out. Good for you. You got Are you going to classics. We Were Young Fest? Do you have No, because I don't want to pay three hundred fucking dollars <laughs> to fly across and for one day when I'm gonna hear them for five minutes. But yeah. anyway. in my day, it was called Warp Tour, and it was ten dollars. <laughs> and it came to you. It's, it's literally yeah. Live Nation trying to trying to grab my nostalgia. And it's like you remember this? Pay me five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. 
And that being said, if they need another act, Kristen Ford is ready to come and play. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no shame. No shame. Yeah. Uh, and the last question is the one that we ask everyone. If you were a cereal, what would you be and why? Mm. Honey Bunches of O's. That's a great cereal. Because who doesn't love an O in the morning? <laughs> oh, I got um, y'all with that one. Excellent. Those are with the some, best With some un-dairy milk products that you can't call milk. You just put some of that on top. Oat. Oat milk. Soy. Almond. Get it. Put some of that right on there. <laughs> that may have been our best answer. Because usually it's like, I'm going to choose Cinnamon Toast Crunch because I'm a little, you know, sweet and spicy. But no, you went for you went for the joke. And I, I love it. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> well, Kristen, this has been such a fun interview. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. You guys are super dope for having me. And I just want to give a quick plug that uh, the day this comes out is Bandcamp Friday. So you can purchase my new record for just $3.50. And I will keep 100% of that. Awesome. And, um, you know, it's it, if, if early 2000s habits are coming back, how about buying music as a habit? That's a fun hey. one. That's a good <laughs> idea. Wow. Like that. that would be neat. <laughs> <laughs> that would be super swell. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the show. Special thanks to Death of Fawn for our intro riff. You can visit our website at shioraku.com. There you can find links to our socials, the show notes, and you can reach out to us and contact us. And remember, don't do drugs. <laughs>